Praise God. Praise God. Well, we are in day seven of our 21 days of prayer and fasting. And I tell you, I am just, man, I am so full right now. Is anybody else full? Man, this is my favorite time of the year. And I know just spiritually, anything that ever happens to someone good, how many know it happened in prayer? It happened privately first before it ever showed up publicly. Would you just take a moment today, love on someone, introduce yourself if you don't know the person next to you, uh, and then you can be seated. Family environment. Love it. Love it. Of course, we want to welcome our online viewing audience today. We're so glad to have you. Best way to follow along is the YouVersion Bible app. Just go to the events tab, click on Linked Up Church, and the outline for today is right there. And so prior to Christmas, we uh, were in a series entitled Praise and Worship Culture. How many know it's important that we give God the glory that is due unto his name? You know, this is not a spectator sport. This is a participator sport. And so God gave us keys to, to really what blesses his heart through praise and worship. And so when we come in this building, how do we access his presence? What's the password? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God, right? Well, whatever it is, whatever was going on prior to coming into this building, I mean, you've got to leave it all outside. And you've got to come in here and give God praise and give him glory. We're going to begin talking about prayer culture today. Prayer culture and why that is so important to the success of any church. Same definition for culture is the behaviors and beliefs characteristic of a uh, particular social, ethnic, or age group. It is the sum total of ways of living built up by a group of human beings and then transmitted from one generation to another. I mean, the next generation won't value prayer if we don't value prayer. I mean, I'll agree with that statement. Yes. Cannot expect the plug to pray more than we do. Yes. We cannot expect them to play, pray more in linked up kids than we do. Right? And so the more we value prayer, the more the next generation will value prayer. In our introduction today, uh, we'll read in Acts chapter 2 that, that Peter preached to crowds, and when he preached to them, the Spirit of God cut them in the heart. You ever heard the word of God and it just pierced you in your heart? You just knew that that was the word for you? Let's look at that in verse 37 of Acts chapter 2, the New King James Version. It says, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? And we know Peter had just finished pe preaching Christ to them from Genesis to this point right here. And then the scripture also tells us that about 3,000 were added to the church that day when Peter proclaimed verse 38 of Acts chapter 2. He said, then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So thousands were compelled by the working of the Spirit through Peter's words to understand and believe that Jesus, whom they crucified, was both Lord and Christ. Look at verse 38 here, or verse 36 here, where it literally reads that. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Notice he said both Lord and Christ. Lord is a Greek word, uh, kurios there, and it literally means supreme in authority. So he's speaking to the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the governors, and he's saying the one that you crucify is actually greater than you. He's the one that's supreme in authority. He is Lord, he is kurios, and he is the Christ. He is the Messiah, the anointed one with the anointing, and he is the one that we are all believing in. Is there anyone else in here that believes that Jesus Christ is both Lord and Christ? If you believe that right now, would you just go ahead and give your Lord and Christ, give him a good praise in this place today. 
Come on, it makes the devil mad. Whenever Jesus Christ is acknowledged as both Lord and Christ, it makes devil, the devil mad. It makes the kingdom of darkness mad. But how many know it makes heaven glad that Jesus is both Lord and Christ? So immediately after they believe, we read that the new believers devoted themselves, is what the King James Version says. They devoted themselves to some key principles and some core values. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles, fellowship, breaking of bread, and notice, and prayer. I mean, in order for us to have a mighty move of God, we must be devoted to the act of prayer. Not as one individual, not eight people up there praying in a room, but an entire corporate body that is devoted to prayer. How I many know oh, then we're going to see God move in ways that only he can do it? So they were devoted is what the King James Version uses, uses there. So then we see as a result signs, wonders. We see belief. We see Generosity, and we'll read it in a moment. We see worship, we see uh, hospitality, we see praise, we see unity, and we see evangelistic growth. But none of that happened by accident. All of that happened on purpose. Let's read in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. And again, I'm reading out of the New King James Version, and we're talking about prayer culture. I'm believing, God, that Linked Up Church will have a culture of prayer. That the people who say that they are members there value prayer, and anytime the doors open for prayer, the members rush in. Amen. Thank you all for that enthusiasm. I'm believing, God, for a church that values prayer. That anytime the doors open for prayer, the people rush in to help advance God's kingdom. I'm believing God for a church that values prayer, that the culture of that church is prayer, that anytime the doors open for prayer, the people rush in to help God advance his kingdom. Let's read what that looks like in Acts chapter 2, verses 41 through 47. Then those who gladly received the word and were baptized, water baptism there, that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. How many of y'all would like to have a meeting where thousands of people come to Christ? Maybe you all wouldn't like a meeting like that. I said, how many of y'all would like to have a meeting where the entire city of Powder Springs. Yeah. Folks, maybe I'm speaking too much faith in here, but I'm believing God for a day where people can go to hell, but they just can't go to hell through Powder Springs. Yeah. Come on, come on, will somebody get in faith with me? I'm, I'm talking about turning 278 into a road where when people drive down it, they begin to sense the presence of God. Come on, they begin to sense that something is different around this part of the community. None of that will happen without a group of believers who are devoted to prayer. And they continue steadfastly. The King James Version uses the word devoted. But it literally means, the word steadfastly means earnestly. They persevere and they devote it. Persevere means they get up a little earlier in the morning to get there for corporate prayer. Persevere means I worked all week long, but it's just one hour on Saturday. So I'm going to get up anyway and, and make God's priorities my priorities so I can help advance his kingdom. They persevered. They did what they had to do because they were devoted to prayer. It says here, in the apostles' doctrine, they were devoted to this. Whatever the leadership taught, they were devoted to understanding it. They were devoted to fellowship. How I many you know we're not fellowshipping right now? We're in church. So if we're going to be devoted to fellowship, that means we need to get together outside of church. 
and we need to prioritize relationships within this environment where we don't see each other just once a week. But we make commitments to get together throughout the week. You know what that's called? Small groups. They were devoted to fellowship. If all your friends don't know Christ, if everyone you hang around with is not saved, if everywhere you want to go throughout the week, it is no environment that glorifies God, does that say more about them or more about us? Right? And so I want to leave church and then enjoy the week with people who think like I think, who love God like I love God. Right, who want to see God's kingdom advance just like I want to see God's kingdom advance. So they were devoted to fellowship and breaking of bread. Watch this, and in what? They were devoted to prayers. The result of that is that fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now, what we say today is we don't see miracle signs and wonders like we used to. But what I would challenge is do we pray like we used to? Sure is getting quiet in here today, right? We hear a lot of, we don't see miracles, signs, and wonders like we used to. But what would you expect if you've got a body of believers that are over 4,000 strong and only 50 of them come to pre-service prayer? The light is in my eyes. Everybody still out there today? Right? Body of over 4,000 people, testimony time. Over 500 came out for prayer on Saturday. Come on, give God glory for that. Come on, I said somebody give God glory for that. I'm challenging this environment. We will see miracle signs and wonders when the prayer meeting is just as large as the church service. Now, all who believed were together and they had all things common and they sold their possessions look at the generosity of this group of people and goods and they divided them among all as everyone had need so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and then breaking bread from house to house so they met in the temple and then they also went house to house how many know God gave you your house wherever you live God graced you with it Right? If you have a car to drive, how many know God gave you that car? How many of you want to use the things he blessed you with for his glory? Which means I'm open to people coming over my home for fellowship, breaking of bread, prayers. I'm open to using my car to go meet you at Starbucks for fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. I'm open to getting in my vehicle and meeting you wherever you are so that I can pray with you and stand with you and be in agreement with you. We can break bread together. How I many you know when we get an environment like that, we'll see more miracles, more signs, and more wonders. And they did this from, from the temple to house to house. Then I love this part right here. Eating their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor. That word favor means divine influence. I'm telling you, when God puts something on you that is divine, even your enemies will do things for you and they don't know why they're doing I don't even like you, but I want to bless you today. I, I, I can't stand you when I see you, but I want to be a blessing to you. I want to help you get going in your life. Come on, when God puts his favor on your life, people do things for you, doors open up for you, you're able to access places that you couldn't access on your own, supernatural contracts come, supernatural opportunities come, you get the deal and can't nobody else get the deal, they hold the house up just for you because it's your, come on folks, the favor of God will be on your life when you are devoted to prayer, it means divine influence, benefits, it means gifts, it means grace, it means joy, it means liberality, 
Folks, I declare that there's some divine influence coming on your life. I declare that there are some divine benefits coming into your life. Come on, folks, I declare that there are divine opportunities and doors opening up for you right now because you are pressing into prayer. You are devoted to prayer and fasting for 21 days. It is going to open up doors for you that you could not open up yourself. And you will know that God was there before you got got there. He set it all up for you. He arranged it and you will know it was God that opened up that door. Does anybody receive that in this building today? Somebody say, I have the favor of God on my life. I have divine influence. I'm graced with supernatural benefits. The grace of God the joy of the Lord is all over my life. And God blesses me liberally in Jesus' name. If you believe that today, go ahead and shout about that. Give God glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now notice that favor was on their life because they were devoted to something. This is not for the casual believer. Now, I want to put another challenge out there today before I move forward. You are ready for this one. You accepted the first challenge. Over 500 strong came out for prayer Saturday. Over 500 strong for pre-service prayer next Sunday morning. No excitement on this side of the room. Over 500 strong for pre-service prayer next Sunday morning. See, see, this group persevered. I know that means you got to get up a little bit earlier and get your kids ready. But this group persevered. because they cared about advancing God's kingdom. And when you care more about advancing God's kingdom, you'll see your kingdom advance. You all want a little bit more today? How many of y'all glad you came to church? See, so I don't know of any leader that doesn't want their church to look like this first century church in the book of Acts. I don't know any leader that doesn't want their church to look like that. I don't know any leader that doesn't want their church. Matter of fact, I'm measuring myself not by the crowds on Sunday morning. How I many know anybody can come to church? I'm measuring myself in effective leadership by how many come to prayer. See, people get excited about crowds, but people are here for a whole lot of different reasons. People who come to prayer are devoted. How many devoted believers do I have in here today? About, about five or ten. About five or ten. No, that's way more than that. All right, let's keep going here. See? Now, I want to just, I, I'm teaching a little bit just more. But the excitement of the signs and wonders and favor and awe, watch this, and new believers may cause us to race right past the first church's commitment to prayer. See, you know, it's whenever we read that, we always talk about all of the byproducts, and we never talk about what created that. And what created that was prayer, fellowship, breaking of bread, small groups. It was their devotion that created everything that happened. Just throwing something out here today. The commitment to root their ministry in total dependence of the Lord was the mark of the early church. It's the mark of it. Listen to this. For the early church, prayer was not an afterthought or the Christian's way to start and end a meeting. Prayer was not an addendum to the real work, right? Let's get the prayer out of the way so we can do the work. Prayer was the work. And how many know the more you rely on God in prayer, the more rest he gives you in your life. You cease from your own labors. And he begins to do the work for you. 
So prayer was central then, and it must be central to us now. So in this age, listen very carefully, in this age of activity and productivity, a lot of times we equate that with spiritual fruit. We think because a church is crowded, it's fruitful. It's not necessarily what that means. Even in our personal lives, we think because we're busy, we're producing something. I know busyness does not equate to fruitfulness. Crowds does not equate. I mean, you can have 5,000 people in the building and the Spirit of God not be there. So what we want to do is to make sure he's here because we did all of the work on the front end, which was prayer, and we devoted ourselves and we committed, we're committed to that. We will have and do have a prayer culture at Linked Up Church right now. There will be over 500 strong next Sunday morning, ten, just 10 minutes early for pre-service prayer. Thank you for those three amens. I'm still going to believe God for it by faith. If he has to send them in from the highways, wherever you got to send them, Lord, send them. How many of y'all accept that challenge? Raise your hand right now. If you're watching online, do you accept that challenge right now? If you do, type in amen. You can get online 10 minutes before the service starts and help usher in the presence of God so that we can advance God's kingdom. Service doesn't start at 8.30. What time does service start? Which means you need to get here by 8. You all keep messing with me. Get here by 7.30. So you can do all your fellowshipping out there. But when you step through those doors, how many of you know it's time to take care of God's business? You step across that line, you need to shift. Come on, you need to take off that one hat, put on your warrior prayer hat, and say it's time to go in, take care of God's business so God's kingdom can be advanced. Let's look at six reasons. We'll only look at two today. Let's look at six reasons why the church needs corporate prayer. Why the church needs corporate prayer. Folks, I'm telling you, any success linked up churches had, it was a prayer success first. For me, I always equated back to 21 days of prayer and fasting. The end of the year, when I go back and look at everything I pressed into and I see that it has manifested, I go right back to giving God the first of the year, the top of the year, and pressing into that, taking that in my life seriously, and then watching God do all the work. Every success is a prayer success first. Say that. Say every success is a prayer success first. If you want God's success, you've got to build him into it. Now, number one, the number one, uh, it's not in terms of uh, order here, but number one is, is urgency. I mean, when you're going through something, you need to have an urgency about yourself, right? You need to take whatever it is that you're dealing with as serious as how it's trying to take you out, right? Nothing to play with, right? Turn the TV off, man. Turn the radio off. Turn whatever you need to do, man. This is an urgent matter right now, right? Urgency, right? Watch this now. Let's go to Ezra uh, chapter 8, and let me give you a little bit of the uh, backdrop here. Ezra records a time of corporate prayer surrounding a three-day fast. It was something about the Old Testament saints that they understood. When they needed God to come on the scene, they did two things. They spent time in prayer, and they set aside uh, a fast to seek God for protection, leading, guidance, whatever it was. There was something about that that, that they understood, and Ezra was no di different. The priest Ezra was taking a group of Jews back to repopulate Israel and they were going to cross dangerous terrain and he needed protection for the group. So he understands on this route back to Israel there is a possibility that our lives will be in danger, we can get killed and we need to set aside some time for prayer and for fasting to seek God's help, seek his guiding, guidance so he can help us get there safely. How many know God can get you safely to wherever you need to go if you'll seek him first about it. 
See, most of the time we're just going and then asking God to help us. I mean, on the front end is when we need to seek God to see what is the best route to get this done. See, we know where to go, but do we know the best route to get there? See, it's one thing to know what to do. It's a whole other thing to know how to do it. Ezra chapter 8 here, verses 21 through 23 says, Then I, Ezra, proclaimed a fast there at the river of Ahava, that he might humble, or that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him, watch this, the right way for us and our little ones and all of our possessions. I want to take a moment to speak to head of households right now. If you're a husband with a wife and children, you must take the time to seek God for what's best for you, your wife, your little ones, and all of your possessions. If you're a single mother out here or a single parent out here, you must take time to seek God about what's right for me and my little ones and all of our possessions. What is the right route for us to go so that we can ultimately get where God wants us to be? Take your life seriously and press in so that you can get instructions on the front end and arrive where God always destined for you to be. Notice what he goes on to say here. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and horsemen to help us against the enemies or enemy on the road because we had spoken to the king saying the hand of our God is upon all those for good who seek him but his power and his wrath are against all those who forsake him so we fasted and we entreated our God for this watch this and he what and he what and he and he what why did he answer their prayer because they prayed. They entreated him, right? What else did they do? They fasted, right? How many of y'all are fasting right now? Look at that. Look around this room, man. God is so good. Oh, God is so good. How many of y'all are praying right now? How many of y'all are in a situation where you know what to do, but you don't know how to get there? All right. Let's keep reading. So, so, so Ezra here is praying out of a sense of urgency. He's been released to go back and repopulate Israel, but he understands there's a dangerous road ahead of him. Folks, I want to make sure it's not a negative confession, but I want to make sure you're mature in the things of God. Anytime God instructs you to do something, there will always be opposition. And there will always be an enemy that does not want to see you get there. Not a negative confession, but he came to kill, steal, and destroy. Ultimately, if he can take you out, then he doesn't have to be concerned about you ever arriving there and touching the thousands and hundreds of people that God wants to use you to touch. So if you don't understand that every time God gives you divine instructions, see, we get all excited and we run, right, and all that. We don't understand that there is going to be opposition. And then the, the greater it is that he's instructing you to do, the greater the opposition. The interesting thing here as I meditated this is that Ezra had a solution. I'm going to challenge this environment today. Your first instinct is always to do what you know to do. Your first instinct is always to do what you're comfortable with. Watch this. We, it's human nature for us to go back and do what worked the last time. But what makes God, God is that he has a million ways to get you to where he's designed for you to go. So the interesting thing here is that Ezra had a solution. He could ask the king for soldiers to go along, right? If you'll read the book of Ezra, you'll see in the pages of that book, he had a great relationship with the king which is why the king was allowing them to go back and repopulate Israel. So he's got a great relationship. He can ask him. The king is the one that gave him permission to go, but Ezra refused to take that option. Watch this. He refused to do the obvious thing, to totally rely upon God. Now, folks, there's a sense of urgency on me right now. 
to possess this entire campus. What I'm talking about is that 33 acres, this strip mall, this little plot of land right here next to us, not for our glory, but so that we can reach more people for his glory. Listen to me, listen to me. And the urgency is to do it cash. Just trying to see where the faith is at in the building. Just trying to see where the faith is at in the building. No greater time than right now while we're all praying and we're all fasting. Can we link up corporately right now with a sense of urgency? Let's pray for this land. Let's pray for this strip mall. And let's pray for this little plot of land right next to us. Let's do it. Link up with the person next to you. Let's corporately get involved. Are you ready? Okay. I want you to pray with me with a sense of urgency. All right. You ready? Father God, we come to you in awesome hope and expectation that you've gotten us this far by faith, Father. And everything that we have has come from you. And Father, we pray with a sense of urgency right now that just like you graced us with this building, Father, we call that 33 acres in now in the name of Jesus. Every resource that we need, touch hearts, touch lives, touch millionaires, touch whoever it is that you need to touch, God. But we call that land in now to be used for your glory, Father. We speak to this strip mall right next to us, and we, we command that it is released into our possession right now. And a counseling center goes over there, Father. Linked up businesses go over there, Father. It becomes an extension of this particular location, Father. So we call that strip mall in now. Every resource that we need to purchase it cash it is released into our possession now father we call this plot of land right next to us we call it in now to be used for your glory and for your kingdom to advance your kingdom father so right now father we add our faith and our agreement you said that where two or three are gathered together in your name that you are right there in the midst and whatever we make good on earth you'll make it good in heaven father so we declare by faith right Right now that we have the land we have the strip mall and we have the plot of land in Jesus name and everyone that agrees with that prayer would you release a amen and a victory shout in this place come on somebody give God glory for it hallelujah 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 glory to God glory to God now do me one more favor if you're in this building right now, now you took time to advance the kingdom. I mean, whenever you take time to advance the kingdom, God wants to advance your kingdom. Now, if you're facing something right now where you know what to do, but you don't know how to get there, and you're fearful of the danger along the way in trying to get there, would you raise your hand right now? Raise your hand. Now look around this room, folks. Now, if someone is near you with their hand lifted up in the air, I want you to put your hands on their shoulders, and let's pray corporately for them right now. Put your hands on their shoulders. And so, Father, for every person right now that knows what to do, but just doesn't know or knows what to do, but doesn't know how to get there, we pray for them right now, Father. You said if we acknowledge you in all of our ways, that you would direct our path. And so, Father, we're acknowledging that we need your direction. They need your direction right now. You said the steps of a righteous man or woman are ordered by you. So as they continue to spend time in prayer, continue to spend time fasting, Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit will enlighten their minds as they pray in the Holy Ghost, as they pray in other tongues, Father. Their spirit will illuminate their mind and tell them divine secrets that their mind doesn't know and understand right now. And not only will they know where to go, but they'll know how to get there, and you'll help them get there supernaturally in the name of Jesus. Now, if you believe that, just go ahead and thank God for the wisdom. Come on, thank God for the direction. 
Come on, thank God. Open up your mouth and thank God for it right now. Come on, open up your mouth and thank God for it right now. Come on, give God a good hallelujah in this place. Come on, act like you're already there. Come on, act like you already know what to do. Glory to God. Now you can be seated. Let's look at one more. Let's look at focused, and we'll close for today. So there must be urgency in corporate prayer at times. You also must be focused. Powerful prayer is focused prayer. Somebody say that with me. Powerful prayer is focused prayer. It's not a shotgun approach. In other words, I'm just going to throw a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and see what sticks. Powerful prayer is focused prayer. Corporate prayer is not about prayer requests and praying about 10 different things. Effective corporate prayer is topical, just like I just did, where a leader gets up and he explains, this is what we're going to pray for. And then the entire corporate body gets in agreement about that. That's corporate prayer. It's not in your notes, but never forget this. Corporate prayer is to advance the kingdom. Private prayers to advance your kingdom. You come to corporate prayer for kingdom purposes. You go into your closet for private purposes. You don't come to corporate prayer for selfish reasons. Unless the leader, like we just did, focuses it, focuses it, focuses it, focuses it in that direction. Slow down, boy. That's a tongue twister. Try to say that one fast. All right. Unless that leader focuses that prayer in that direction then you're not coming there for selfish reasons. You're coming there to advance God's kingdom, not your kingdom. Everybody clear on that? Let's look at an example of this in Acts chapter 12. We'll close right here for today. In Acts chapter 12, this story, I always get so much revelation out of it. It just really tickles me every time I read it. Acts chapter 12, verse 1. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some of the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John. Now, so, so what this is helping you all understand, there are people who will come to church just to harass the people at the church. Everybody that come to church not here for God. Some of them here to get pick up a female. Some of them here to pick up a man. A lot of different reasons why people go to church, right? So Herod the king stretched out his hand just to harass the church. Then he killed James, the brother of John. He's doing this for fun. And John with the sword. Because he saw that it pleased the Jews, they were excited about it. He proceeded further. Well, give me Peter also. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him. Now, I'm teaching. I'm trying to. We're, we're demonstrating that we're maturing as a church. Evidence by over 500 people coming out to prayer on yesterday. What I'm trying to show you all here is Peter is doing what God instructed him to do. And he gets put in jail. Yes. Folks, sometimes bad things happen to good people. Because you're doing what's right. But mature people also understand that this too shall pass especially if they know they're in jail for the wrong reasons. Now, if you're in there for the right reasons, that's another story. Now, it was during the days of unleavened bread, so when they had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, watch this, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by who? Mm, so that's corporate prayer. So Peter's in jail for wrong reasons, and the church takes, takes this personal. What would we be like if when one of our brothers or sisters gets in a jam and we all decided to get together and just pray to God to get them out of that jail. Instead of talking about them. Instead of where was their faith. 
instead of judging them. Well, they must be living wrong. They probably did something to deserve that. See, it's amazing that so many people are so quick to believe evil and wrong. But they'll doubt when somebody says something good about you. They won't believe that. But let somebody say something evil about you. I knew he was like that. Isn't that a shame? I'm talking about Christians. I'm not talking about the world. We are so quick to believe the negative and so slow to believe positive. Verse 6, so when Herod was about to bring him out that night, Peter was sleeping. So this is the night before he's getting ready to get killed. How many know God uh, might not show up when you want him? Oh, I feel like preaching a little bit. I said, how many of you all know God might not show up when you want him? <laughs> but he's always on time. I said he's always on time. Come on, won't he do it? I said he's always on time. Ain't he all right? You're supposed to say, I know he's all right. Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? Ain't he all right? I know he's all right. I know he's all right. Yes. I'm y'all glad you came to church today. I mean, it's okay to laugh in church and have fun. Let's keep reading here. So this is the night before, right? So he's sleeping. He's bound with two chains before two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison. And he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise quickly. And his chains fell off his hands, and no one used keys. Supernatural. Angels showing up is supernatural. How many know if people won't come to your aid, then God will send an angel to come? Come on, I, I wish there was some faith in this place today. See, see, we're looking for it too often from people. But if people won't show up, God will send an angel. You all want a little bit more of this today? So the angel said to him, gird yourself, tie on your sandals, put on your clothes. So he did, and he said to him, put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him and did not know uh, what was done by the angel uh, was real, what the angel did was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Then they were past the first and the second guard post. They came to the iron gate that leads out to the city. How many know this is a huge iron gate? there to protect the city which opened to them on its own accord no one used the key no one pressed the button no one hit the automatic there was no passcode on the front mirror of Peter's sandals for the gate to open automatically it's a miracle I declare miracles over your life watch this now and immediately the angel departed him, verse 11. And when Peter had come to himself, now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Folks, I'm teaching a, to a, talking to a mature church here. Everyone does not want to see you succeed. And sometimes it's the people closest to you. There is hate, jealousy, and envy right in the church. So don't be moved by that. Everyone doesn't want to see you succeed. I know that there are people waiting on their I told you so moment for Joel Gregory. But guess what? I'll never give it to him. And guess what else? You'll never give it to him either. And I'm not speaking from a pace of pride. I'm talking about as long as I stay under the mighty hand of God. How I many of you know I'm divinely protected? 
Come on, I'll, let me try that again. I said, if you'll just stay under the mighty hand of God, come on, you will be and you are divinely protected. You don't have to worry about what he said, what she said, what they are trying to do. Come on, I'm here to prophesy to you. A thousand can fall at your side and 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Come on, the weapons can form, but they will not prosper. Come on, you are more than a conqueror through Christ that strengthens you. Stop being so worried about what they're doing and spend more of your time focusing on what he's doing. Oh, I feel like I made the devil mad right there. Can we, can we just right there go in and give God another good praise in this place? Come on, don't live in fear anymore. I'm not giving it to them. I'm not giving it to them. They don't control that. Only thing that can take me out is sin. As long as I stay out of that, I'm not worried about what people are saying, what they're doing, what they're accusing me of. How I many I know character will always outlast accusations? My whole thing and yours should be to give it enough time and we'll look at what fruit your life produces and let's look at what fruit my life produces. And then let's determine who's who by the fruit, not by the accusations. I'm telling you, I came to prophesy to you, your life and your fruit will speak for yourself. You don't need to defend yourself. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Who am I preaching to in this room today? Stop trying to defend yourself and just keep following God. Your fruit will defend you. You all want a little bit more of this today? So all of these people are at the house praying for Peter. The angel comes, releases Peter, verse 13. And Peter, uh, many, uh, well, verse 12. So when he had considered this, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together doing what? And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a girl named Rhoda came to answer. And when she recognized Peter's voice because of her gladness, she did not open the gate, but ran in and announced, that Peter stood before the gate and all the people who were in faith and praying and believing God that, that were praying in other tongues, they said to her, woman, you are crazy. You are beside yourself. Isn't that interesting? Sometimes the very things we pray about, when they show up, we don't believe. I wonder how much has showed up and you didn't receive it because you didn't believe it. Because you expected it to come another way. Come on now. I wonder if he showed up already. I wonder if she showed up already. Wasn't in a position to receive it. Just wonder, something to think about. Wonder if the job showed up. Wonder if the promotion was staring you in the face. Wonder if the promotion opportunity was right there in front of you. And you said, man, that ain't it. You must be crazy. Things that make you go. So they said to her, the ones that were praying and in faith, you are beside yourself. Yes, she kept insisting it was so. So they said again, it can't be Peter. It's his angel. Now, Peter continued knocking. <laughs> and when, <laughs> I mean, at this point, Peter out there beating on the door like, let me in. So Peter continued knocking. And when they opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But motioning to them with his hand to keep silent, he declared to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, go tell these things to James and to your brethren. And he departed and went to another place. So once again, you'll notice corporate prayer here was focused. And it was focused on one thing. What was it focused on? Getting Peter out of jail. That's corporate prayer. It's focused. Everybody clear? Because I'm setting you all up for where we're going, right? 
corporate prayer must have a sense of urgency and it must be focused. The leader must get up and declare, this is what we're praying about. Amen. And when God does it, listen to me, don't act like he didn't. How many of y'all know this is no easy, this didn't just happen, this didn't just fall out of the sky. The Lord did this for us. Just like he's doing the land for us as I speak. Just like he's doing the strip mall as I speak. Angels are being released as I'm speaking right now. Softening hearts, touching hearts. T somebody's watching online right now just believing God to be a part of that. When it happens, let's not act like God didn't do it. And when it manifests in your life, whatever we prayed about today, don't act like God didn't do it. Praying enough will help you stay sensitive that when he shows up, you'll know it's him. So if something about this building, we looked at other stuff, we put in offers on other stuff. But as we continue to navigate through it, it just didn't seem right. When we came here, it was clear that this was our building. I sent the business manager over. What was the first words came out of your mouth as soon as you stepped on this property? This is the one. He called me on the phone. He saw it before I did. I sent him over to look at it. First thing comes out of his mouth on the phone, this is the one. I come over and look at it, and boy, it lit my candle. But guess what? It wasn't without a fight. It wasn't without opposition. Watch this. They turned down our first offer. Laughed at us. But how many know cash is king? We told them a bird in the hand beats two in the bush. You can sit out here and wait all day long on somebody to come with something. But, but, but that's our highest and best. Take it or leave it. When we get about six more months went by, when we get the call back, we're ready. <laughs> now watch this. While they were saying no, guess what we kept doing? No doesn't always mean no. We could have stopped right there and we wouldn't be here today and thought that that meant go look somewhere else. Once we believed that this was it, you've got to pray through the opposition. How many of y'all glad you came to church today? Let's all stand to our feet. I'm out of time. All right. Corporate prayer, prayer culture. What time will you all be here next week? too many different times out there. Let me ask the question this way. What time does prayer start next week? Let me ask the question this way. What time does church start next week? 8.20. What time will you get here? 7.30. Let's lift our hands to the Father. And so, Father, thank you for your revelation knowledge about corporate prayer. You're growing up me as a leader and my wife as the leaders and this staff as the leaders of Linked Up Church. You're growing us up. And now help us to grow the people up that you've called us to serve by creating an environment, Father, where prayer is valued. And every time the door is open for prayer, the people rush in. Father, there should be times where you can call me to call them to have a special prayer meeting and everyone shows up because there's a sense of urgency about what we need to pray for, Father. My prayer and what I'm standing on and believing for today is that this will be a culture, Father, where your house will be called a house of prayer. and Your members will value prayer. And so now, while you all are in that attitude,